This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Today's episode was recorded in front of a live audience. Okay, that audience was three dogs plus Jacob, but nevertheless, you'll be hearing some background noise throughout the episode as Chef Will prepares each dish in the next room and there's the pitter-patter of little feet. It's starting to get colder, so we're going to revisit an unforgettable summer experience that Jen and I had earlier this year. Hi everyone, my name is Jen. My name's Abby. And this is Amuse Boosh. Today we have a very special event. At my house. At your house, Abby. So um, we are not in the studio today. We are in your house. House. Dining room, I was going to say. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so today joining us is Chef Will Phillips. Hi, Welcome, everyone. Chef. Um, and I am super excited because Chef Will is a private chef. Yes. Um, so this is our first sort of foray into this piece of the dining industry. Yeah, we've you know, talked to a lot of folks who, you know, have a restaurant or some kind of pop-up or, you know, a brick-and-mortar location. Yep. And, and Chef Will travels to you. That's right. Into your kitchen, as into it were. Into your kitchen. And it, Joining us as well as Buster. Say hi, he is, Buster. Uh, just asking me to pet him. You're so cute. He can smell all the amazing things that are coming can. out of the kitchen. You can't have it because I'm going to annihilate it. But yes. uh, looks like we've got um, three, is it three courses? Four courses. Four courses. Yes. Awesome. Um, this is our first course, a chilled watermelon gazpacho. I'm excited to dig in. So it's a chilled watermelon and tomato gazpacho. There's some conserved baby tomato in there, cooked in uh, garlic and shallot oil. Um, some compressed watermelon and watermelon juice, um, pickled baby watermelon and watermelon rind, some garden herbs, lime basil, mint, um, and lime basil flowers, a little begonia on there as well. And then on the bottom is some herb crema and it's the same oil that is in the, the green oil in the mint. Fantastic. Love it. So mix it all up. There's also some spiced pistachio in there. Fantastic. Thank you, Chef. Thank Absolutely. you, Chef. Um, but Chef, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of sort of what your approach to today's menu was um, and how you sort of put the menu together. So I try to focus on seasonally crafted as much as possible. Um, found and foraged is also a big part of my cuisine. Um, not a whole lot of foraged ingredients in here, but all the garden herbs I did grow and flowers. That's fair. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, basically this is just a really refreshing summer soup. I ran this a couple of days ago mm -hmm. and I'm running it again in a few more days. So cool. made a big batch, froze a little bit. And yeah. Set some aside. Yeah. Long. But this one seemed to go over really well at the last one and we'll see how you guys like it. Awesome. So we also have a birthday coming up yes. shortly. So I know that there's a birthday surprise here listed on our menu. Can't yes, wait. Yes, uh, spoiler alert, it's Abby's birthday. My I don't birthday. know exactly when this will air. But, after. Uh, after your birthday. <laughs> But that's okay. Um, but that's one of the things that you can do, right, is as a private chef, cater to any kind of event. Absolutely. And I don't close, essentially. Right. So awesome. Monday nights are not an issue with me. Right. You can be on your birthday. Right. Hear that Monday birthday, folks? Holidays, special events, weddings. I don't do big weddings, but I have done some small ones. Those were very interesting. Those are probably mm. way more fun. Uh, something like that. Brides, <laughs> not bridezilla. Oh, God. <laughs> and it also poured rain. That one was a, That's good luck, day. right? Yeah. yeah. Cooking outside in the rain, it was good luck. 
Will and I uh, are both getting married within, not to each other, but to (laughs) to lucky other human beings, but very close uh, in proximity on the calendar. So we're probably in a similar state of panic at this point. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, the wedding planning is definitely taking its toll. But we're here. We're here. Cheers to that. Cheers. All right, we're going to dig into the first course and let Chef Will uh, get going in the kitchen there. Yeah, let's give this a shot. I cannot wait. I'm going to bring this a little closer mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. I just love seeing the little herb oil beads on yeah. top. And like the, you see all the little components, but as you're like mixing it together. together. Okay, here yeah. we go. Oh, super fresh. Oh, that's summer in a bowl for yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. Ooh, I got one of the pistachios on that first bite. Ooh, I got to get that. It adds like a little meatiness. Yes, we're, you know, it's it's one of those dishes where, like, it's all so beautiful and mm-hmm. it, it looks like art, but it even looks like art once you start mixing it up, too. Like, it goes from being, um, you know, really formal to, like, abstract, like, yeah. art. All of the different, like, colors are swirling together. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. pistachio adds a really interesting, mm-hmm. like, obviously a nuttiness, but, like, you know, it's a, a spiced crunch, pistachio. Spice. So, yeah. yeah. The watermelon's so good. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, what I really appreciate about this is how... Chef was able to take so many different types of applications for the watermelon. Yeah. There's some rind, and you can taste that. There's the fresh watermelon. There's these little pickled baby mm-hmm. watermelon. But everything's still super fresh, like you said. And there's just like a little bit of nuance there in mm-hmm. the ones that are pickled. Mm. Yeah. That herb oil in there, too, just like comes at you. Yep. Surprise, I'm still here. I want to take a bath in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pickled rind, I think, is what I just got. Yeah. Super sharp. Adds a nice balance to the whole dish. And just these little perfect cubes of the fresh watermelon. You know, you know, everybody knows what watermelon tastes <laughs> like, but there are so many different ways to taste watermelon in this one. Oh, I just got a little piece of mint in there with mm-hmm. it. Really bright. Yes. Like a nice mojito. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's hitting all the good summer flavors for sure. Do you want to tell us what we're drinking in tandem with your, yeah, our first course Yeah, I here? figured that we needed to, to bring a little wine into the mix, so I thought I'd go with something that's, you know, a safe kind of neutral choice. It's not too bold. It's semi-dry. It's got just the right amount of sweetness. This is a Chenin Blanc. It's actually a Biltmore wine. This I is this is one of my gateway wines, Jen. You'll be uh, appreciating that knowledge. Um, yeah, when I went to my very first tasting of Biltmore with one of my best friends, um, and they were like, oh, well, you should try, you know, the Gewürztraminer and you should try yeah, the Shenan yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I got this and I was like, oh, oh actually, yeah. Because it hits you with a little bit of sweetness off the bat, but it doesn't stick around. It's not cloying, right? But I think it's, I can see exactly why it's a gateway for you. It's just enough sweetness to get you interested in it and to keep you from having that visceral reaction right. that you're known for. Yeah. But, but there's still a lot of, of body to it. There's a lot of personality to it. Yeah. And it's it's not so sweet that it's no longer accessible to someone who, like, I don't I just don't do sweet wines. This right. is probably as far into the, the sweet category as and, I can go. But and, it's, it's yeah. nicely balanced. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, as I was looking for a wine to bring out, this is the driest one I have. So <laughs> that tells you a lot. There's, like, an orange muscat in there, too. Which yeah, is please like, don't no, bring it's not happening. Out. Nope. Um, but, you know, there are some reds, but it's fine. Um you know, what I, what I also think about it is that it's also kind of summery in the same way as a soup in that, you know, it's not so bold in any kind of way, but it's just mm-hmm. light. And, you know, it doesn't have like the the wine components like tannins and stuff that you would taste in like, you know, a yeah. heavier wine. So it's not like you're eating a meal. Like the soup is very light, so it doesn't feel like right. you're eating too much. Like this is a perfect way for us to start because then we can start getting the rear deer stuff. The what? The real deal stuff. The rear deer stuff. <laughs> 
like the Roger. That's what I thought I would say that. Ah, the mint. Yeah. Did you get a little pop of that? Yes. Yep. I need this in like a a gallon bowl though. I want it yeah, all. Yeah, I heard there was more. It's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Loving it. It's so light. I again the spice on the Really bright, pistachios. just kind of to start you off right Yeah. For the, for the whole meal, and mm-hmm. duck is the main course, so Woo-hoo! going real heavy, real greasy on the salad. So Speaking my language. Get you excited for mm-hmm. that. Awesome. And if you follow Chef Will, uh, at, it's she, is it Chef Will underscore Phillips? Yes. At Instagram. Oh my gosh. He's got some serious game on Instagram, and you can watch him prepare some of these beautiful components. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I like the, the attention to detail on the ingredient, right? Especially in the summer. I would imagine that this is like high time for someone who is into pickling or foraging, all the good stuff that's available. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it. But as you heard him say as well, you know, he's got a lot of stuff tucked away in his freezer. So yeah. I would imagine that, you know, having access to the good stuff during the season and knowing how to preserve it in the best way exactly. means that summer lasts all season. Yes. You hear that sizzle? Yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> Oh. Let's render that duck fat. Render Let's do it. it. Get that skin My crisp. Body is ready. Mm-hmm. I can just mm-hmm. imagine a cold ass February morning, and just a spoonful of this would be like transporting you. Yeah. Mm. Especially like the ass end of winter when you're like, <laughs> please, please. I'm spring. done. Springtime, sweet, sweet spring. Exactly. Like right now, I'm conjuring fall. Mm-hmm. So this is like a last yeah. little hurrah. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank yes. You. I'll lick the bowl in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's not working. Or... I'm, I'm done as well. Thank you so much. All right. Ugh, every word on this menu. Now, what's interesting here is that we were very forthcoming about ingredients that we, and we just had a conversation about this, because he is a certified mushroom person. Yep. Um, which is not... I believe it's a mushroomier. Mushroomier. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> He's going to steal that. Put it on a business card. Yeah, I'm going to um, put that on my next round of cards. Please yeah. do. Um... But, you know, we had that whole conversation about how you are not a huge fan of mushrooms. And so, much like other folks in the past who have challenged you on that Mm -hmm. and asked you to try it anyway, we've got black trumpet mushrooms here on the menu uh, for the main course. Um, And I'm excited to try them because I'm good with mushrooms. But I like that, A, you're not shying away from it. But B, I think, you know, when someone has such knowledge about an ingredient and knows sort of... The nuance of how to treat it and how to pull out the really unique aspects of it that might push somebody in the right direction. Yeah. I feel like that's a, what we're about to experience right now. I completely agree with that. And, you know, I think about this in the same way that we just went to Savannah together, a place that you love. Yes. And I got to see it through your eyes, someone who is so passionate about a place, which obviously elevated my experience. Yeah. And so to have food served to you by someone who went out and foraged and found this and has such passion around where it comes um, from, how it is grown, grows his own vegetables as well and fruits as much as he can, that passion comes out in the food as yep. well. And so, you know, yes, I love the, the fact that, you know, he's very forthcoming about asking if you have allergies, if you have foods that you don't enjoy. Yep. But, you know, okay, I hear that you don't like mushrooms, but, like, are you willing to let me try yeah. some things for you? And I am, of no, course. No, it doesn't look like it's a featured mushroom dish. There is it, one component of... And I'm smelling the duck right now. I can smell it. <laughs> the smell of vision is real, y'all. Yeah. Um, but it looks like there's just a little component of it that, oh my God, I'm just reading duck fat powder. I didn't want to scare you off too much, Addie. You, yeah. you know, you can't scare me. 
This is the She'll thing. She'll try it anyway. I will try it anyway. You can't scare me with this kind of but stuff. But noticeably missing, uh, beets. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, when he said he was going to try something with mushrooms, I was like, I respect that, but also, next no, time, clearly it's going to be your turn. I have actually, that must be birthday surprise, because I said I'm just, okay yeah, with beets. just the beets. <laughs> I actually <laughs> do a salad that is literally like seven plate, or seven preparations of beets. Oh, <laughs> you should try <laughs> it. Yeah, so that's fair. I haven't run it again. It was for a couple that booked me five times. Oh, wow. They wanted a vegetarian one, and they wanted me to really go crazy. Yeah. So I was like, all right, yeah. I'm right. serve you a beef as yeah. crazy as I can. I love that. Yeah. I was convinced not long ago, and I won't name the restaurant because I really adore it, and it, they do a great job, but... Um, server said, oh, if you don't like beets, that's okay, but this salad is so good, and I bet you would like it. And I was like, I don't like it. (laughs) I'm so sorry to tell you. Now, one of the best salads I've ever had, this was in Houston, and I don't think the place is around anymore, but it was in the Houston Heights. They had, it was like a beautiful, like, arugula and fresh spinach salad. Mm. It had feta cheese on it. It had these golden beets, and they were cut really thin. So it was just a little bit, and then there was a really strong vinaigrette. Okay. And so balancing all of that together, it was yeah. really good. Mm. I appreciated that, and I still think about that salad. And it's been over a decade since I had it, and I feel like that's one that I would love for you to try, but I respect that yeah. you still might not enjoy. But it was I'll so sparing. I'll probably come away from that saying, mm, fuck that beat. I'm fuck that sorry. beat. Everything else was great, but that beat. Let that beat drop. Drop it. Drop it like it's hot. Mm-hmm. Or like a ground piece of candy that's been... Buried in the dirt, dirt for candy. 90 years. Ugh. Dirt candy sounds like a fun name for a root vegetable-based oh. restaurant. Or, you know. Impromptu. Yeah. Impromptu, my yeah. Dirt candy, I love the it. The smells coming out of this kitchen right now are... It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, I can't believe your dogs are sleeping. They, well, are once they? we sit, they settle. Oh. So everybody's settled now. And also, they already ate dinner. Oh, good. Ja- Smart. Jacob was very thoughtful about this. He was strategic. He said, let's feed the dogs, like, first, an yeah. hour early. Good, good, good. Deal, so that they weren't uh, chomping there a bit. There might be a duck scrap for the dogs. Oh, they, uh, they would love that. Hero. Yeah. Y'all, that watermelon gazpacho really was out of this world. But if you think that was good, check out the main course for the evening. Peach smoked duck breast, Viking's blood nectarine glaze, Carolina succotash, sweet corn subis, black trumpet mushroom, pickled peach, and duck fat powder. What? Citrus brown butter crumb. Uh, Peach mm. smoked duck breast. Yeah. Peach wood? Black screwed? We're going to find out. Viking's, Vikings blood, blood nectarine, nectarine glaze. Now, uh, I'm assuming yeah. that means it's both nectarine plus blood of a Viking yeah. made into a glaze. You are exactly right. Called it. Called it. Knew it. You know, that's just really local. They export it from Iceland, actually. Oh. I heard. <laughs> Horses and Viking blood is our top two exports. I'm so excited <laughs> to eat both of them. I won't. Too soon for Magni. Womp womp. Said horse. It's not his block. That's it's true. not his block. Succotash. What makes a succotash Carolina? I'm looking forward to that. I would have to imagine, and this is my guess, but we'll ask, uh, like, all local stuff. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. succotash is essentially, like, just a... Veg. Stir fry. Mix of veggies, yeah. yeah. So, am I right to assume that everything is Carolina-based in that succotash? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm okay. going <laughs> Yeah, because like I was... found in forage. So we have some ramps from earlier in the year. Yeah. And it's also black trumpets. So, garden tomatoes, um, lima beans, peas, and corn. 
Awesome. Um, I'll probably ask you to read that back when we come to it, but that's perfect. That sounds amazing. We got to tell you, Jen once made us a Sean Mushi and had just chicken skins fried to put on top, which yep. is amazing. That is my go-to garnish for my mushroom soup is chicken crackers. Nice. Okay. Speaking my language. For, um, for several other things. I'll take that like all day. And stuff on puff salmon yes. Yeah. Salmon skin is like one of my favorite things on planet Earth. Yes. Fuck, that smells good. It smells so good. <sighs> This one was probably the most labor of love dish I've ever made in my life, if I have to say, because it was all cop- yeah, fully cutting down a tree. Oh what? my god, what? Yeah, there, right, was we're a, need... there was peach tree involved. Ah, so this. it is the tree, the, the smoking part of it? Yeah. The smoke? Oops, sorry. Ooh, that's oh, the, powder. the powder. Duck fat powder. powder. What does that even mean? It's made with tapioca maltodextrin, and so it binds fats to where you can just do this with them. Neat. And so this is all the fat from rendering the duck breasts after they've been oh smoked. Gosh. This duck is actually cooked like four times. Oh my gosh. God. Were the ducks inside the tree that you cut down in there? No, okay. unfortunately not. All right, chef. Hold All right. Me. So this one features peach, duck, and black trumpet mushrooms and corn. Yeah. So all the really traditional flavors of the summer in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, so the duck is smoked with cher- or with peach wood from my neighbor. He's a little old Vietnam vet across the street. Doesn't get around too well anymore. Yeah. And his peach tree was just loaded, like nice. dragging the ground with fruit. So the peaches on top are from him. They're pickled. The sauce is nectarine, uh, cherry mead, which is the Viking's blood. Yeah, That's the okay. So all meads get, especially when they're fruit infused, get their own funky names. So... Cherry happens to be Viking's blood. All right, cool, that. cool. Yep, and <laughs> nectarine and Rainier cherry in the sauce as well. Yeah. So the black trumpet puree on the bottom mm-hmm. has cognac, another type of mead, an aged mead, um, some chocolate, and mm. more duck fat. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the succotash is wild ramps from April, May. That you foraged. Yes, I did. And wow. the greens are blanched and frozen. And then mm-hmm. bring them back to life around this time of year. Magic. Black trumpets from a couple days ago up in Blowing Rock. Uh, some charred sweet corn. There's several types of peppers in there. Peas, lima beans, and some smoked duck skin. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, stay home except to get medical care. Monitor your symptoms. If your symptoms get worse, contact your doctor. Get rest and stay hydrated. Avoid public transportation, ride-sharing, or taxis. And take these six steps to protect others. Wear a mask over your mouth and nose if you must be around other people. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when you cough or sneeze. Clean your hands often with soap and water or use hand sanitizer, especially after coughing or sneezing. As much as possible, stay in a separate room and away from others in your home. Avoid sharing personal household items such as dishes, utensils, towels, or bedding. Wash these items thoroughly after using them. And clean all surfaces that are touched often, like counters and doorknobs, every day. To learn more, visit cdc.gov.
Ah, it's beautiful, it first is. of all. But you so mentioned, okay, so the mead, right? And I yes. know we talked to you a little bit about uh, your studies in fermentation science. So mm-hmm. if you want to have a seat, and we'll we'll get a little detail here. It's so pretty. It is gorgeous. That duck skin is I'm just perfect. ready for it. And I keep wanting to like, oh, gosh. All right, Ooh. so Chef is bringing over a bottle so of... So I made the mead. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You made that? I did. I made this. This was bottled... Uh, November 10th of last year. That is Clawhammer Oktoberfest. Yes, it is. (laughs) So it's, I'm assuming, in a different bottle. Rebottle. Okay, got it, got it. I recycled Repurposed, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, you can either pay and buy them new, or you can get a 12-pack with beer in it. There you go. And then you get beer. It's cheaper to just buy it with the beer. Cheers. That smells so clean. Cheers. Cheers to all of you. Cheers. Cheers. Normally, a mead smells really cloying to me, and this smells just clean. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, stop, because this is not like any mead. It's a draft style mead. Okay, this is the mead I've been looking for. Yep, because it's made with cider yeast. That's what, because I love cider. Yep. Cider's my jam. All right, we're Cider is what got me into the whole thing. Yes. I was making cider in my closet at 16. Same. We've got, uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so awesome. I use English dry cider yeast predominantly. And I also recycle yeast. Yeah. Ooh, that's, the, I've been wanting it. Mm. Very easy. You just scoop it up, right? pretty much. Take the pellet off. All the right. Well, that's a that's lovely way to start this dish. Nice and clean meat. It's not super sweet. It, it does taste in. much like a, a cider. Yeah. Um, but I so, real quick, just before we dig in, what does your experience with fermentation science sort of do for your journey as a chef? I, obviously, there's a couple of components in here that that are represented, but uh, tell us a little bit about how that influences yeah. you. Yeah. So I graduated from App State in 2018, um, started at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem as a pre-dental student. Oh, wow. I thought I was going to be a dentist my whole life. My dad and my grandfather are both dentists, mm-hmm. so I was sort of going down the family road. Uh-huh. Um, always loved to cook, but when I wound up transferring to Appalachian, I was looking for a degree that would kind of fit with my biology that I had already done. Yeah. And my mom happened to send me the fermentation science program. It's one of three in the country. Oh, wow. Um, there's one at UC Davis. There's one, I think, at Boulder, Colorado. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much. It checks out. Um, and then the one at Appalachian. And I was the last year that it was its own standalone department. It's now been swallowed by chemistry. Okay. So I have a minor in chem as well. Okay. Um, but basically, my job, or my, uh, my degree has a 97% job placement rate. And I am, I like to say, proudly of the 3%. So (laughs) I put my fermentation stuff into effect doing things like this. I make small batches of mead, cider, sizer, wine, whatever's lying around. I use up all the fruit that way. Cool. Um, And then I try to incorporate it into my food as much as I can. That's awesome. When did you start, and we're going to start tasting this as well, but like when did you start feeling passion around foraging and, and found food? I got into foraging towards the end of high school, beginning of college. So it's, um, it's been it's been a little while. This has been a passion for yeah, a while. Yeah, and that was specifically mushrooms. Um, one of my very earliest memories is from like three or four years old picking blackberries in the summer yeah. on my parents' farm. So I have all of these food memories and stuff like that. And my dad's a hunter. And yeah. so I grew up with a lot of access to game meat and things. And my parents always gardened. And so it was just sort of always around. Yeah. Like traditional Southern family. My grandparents were, he's a dentist now, but his father was an apple farmer. Oh, cool. So awesome. a lot of the like traditional preservation and things. All like the, canning the seasonal beans and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly. All of that stuff really interests me. 
And the foraging is, I've always just been a science nerd. And once I got into the world of fungi, I just couldn't look back. So. <laughs> it makes you a fun guy. That's what I heard. Uh, anyway, oh all right. Starting with the dad that's jokes. The one, that's the one. For the, okay, I can't wait any longer. Okay, I have to try this. Please. Let's do this. I want to try a couple of the sauce components yes, just on their own. Four sauces. So wait, up. which one is the? This is the mushroom. That mm-hmm. is the black trumpet. Okay, mushroom. I want to try. I'm that. actually starting with. I believe this is the That's peach the nectarine, one. Nectarine. Yeah. I love that. That's oh amazing. man. That's oh, that's so good. You just tried too. the mushroom one. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me get that. I think there's a piece of duck. Skin oh yeah. Over here. I'm gonna she likes it. Yeah. No, All I definitely. Right. I'm gonna. What it doesn't have is like an. So, let me oh back up God. a little bit because I recently went to a restaurant with friends that had. What appeared to be a similar sauce mm-hmm. uh, over a, like a pasta, except it was so overwhelming, and they were clearly not using the type of mushrooms that you're using. They were not using like the cognac to balance it out and give mm-hmm. it a depth and stuff. This is great. This is definitely like I definitely can get. Most mushrooms have some that. nuance and they have their own character, but mm-hmm. overall, it's umami. That's, yeah, that is yeah. the flavor of mushrooms. And yeah, if you're gonna work with that, it has to be a balancing act. Right. It's it gets really overwhelming really quickly and. It's one of those ingredients a lot of people don't like. Yeah. So my challenge is always to try to make someone that does not like it like it. Exactly. And because I love them. And I think that the vast majority of people's opinions on mushrooms are tainted by the fact that you can only buy three in your average grocery right. store. And two of them are the same thing. <laughs> well, you know, I think, too, for me, a lot of times it's I don't want a hunk of portobello mushroom as a no, burger substitute. How dare it. you try and do that to yeah, me? Yeah, that is right? a crime worse than death. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, you know, but I really like when things are reimagined or, or given textures that, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the initial texture of a mushroom. I don't mm-hmm. like the sponginess of it. But when somebody makes them crispy or when somebody adds, puts them into a sauce like this, it's transformed. It's mm-hmm. the same way that you can make someone who hates cauliflower love cauliflower, sure. you know. And I know that people say that cauliflower is dead and over, you know, overkill. But, like, this is the same kind of thing, though. It's just, like, reimagining an, yeah. an, an ingredient in a way. And I don't want to get away from the fact that there are some beautiful things to be respected about just a, a mushroom. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that usually I'm into. And so I love that there's that flexibility and people like you who are willing to, like, let me be that person. <laughs> I have probably eaten over a hundred different species at this point in my foraging career. I'm not dead yet, thank God. But <laughs> yeah, um, there's boring. a mushroom for everybody. Mm-hmm. You've probably just never had yours. Mm-hmm. I love that. And also, holy shit, this duck. Yo, <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the <laughs> duck. Not yet. But it's so freaking good. Mm. All of the components. I love the pickled um, peach on there. Thank you. Uh, it, it's super, like, it hits you with the sweetness, but the tartness and the acidity balances so nicely. Have you had the succotash? Yes. Oh, oh my God. I stopped talking for a while because I did. was busy eating. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. But you have some black trumpets in the succotash, too, oh. so you can actually taste yeah. the, the texture of them. Get, and, yeah, and they're small, and they're really thoughtfully, you know, balanced. And they're balanced. not a spongy mushroom to begin with. They're a really thin, right. really delicate and they get a little leathery if you overcook them, mm-hmm. but they're a great sauce mushroom. This is great. No, and again, you're picking, you're so thoughtful about the textures and how they complement each other. And so in the succotash, everything is the same size. These trumpet yeah. mushrooms are very small, you know, and they fit in with the flavor profile of everything else that's in here. Thank All you. the different textures that I'm tasting between the lima beans and the corn and the peppers and the trumpet and the ramps. S- the little duck skin sprinkled in oh, there. Oh, don't God. even get me started. I can't. I Have can't you guys had ramps before? I feel like I've had Barant's once or twice, but honestly, I 
don't really think anything about them. So they're the wilted greens and the succotash, and they are the green oil. So if you taste that oil on its own, you will be hit with garlic. Oh, yeah. I tasted that earlier, and I was like, it tastes like garlic. Uh It's neat, because I just didn't know where it was coming from. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's the oil. So those are the greens from the ramp. And I also pickle the stems and the bowls Mm. a lot of times. I try not to take too many bowls. You kill them that way. Right. It's really nice. And so I think ramps, I hear, are used more often, like, in the UK. I feel like they're much more popular. They're called or wild garlic Mm -hmm. there. And it's a different species, but it's a cousin. Got it. Um, And... So it's the first green that comes up in the summer or in the springtime yeah. after the freeze mm-hmm. ends in the mountains, the ramps start coming up and they like higher elevation. They mm-hmm. kind of cut off before they get here, but I have several patches in the mountains. And so I harvest 15, 20 pounds of ramps it's a amazing. year and preserve them. Different from a garlic scape, I would assume. Very much so. <laughs> ramps have, it's actually on my shirt. Mm. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, this is the ramp leaf that gets cooked down. So mm-hmm. it's a spinach texture and mm-hmm. it's a big, like, showy leaf. <laughs> and as opposed to a garlic scape where it's that tight, hard mm-hmm. knot. Mm-hmm. And they have great flavor, but the texture is a little unpleasant. Yeah, when we were talking but, earlier, we were going to try and pickle them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones Slice we got them in our real thin box. on the bias. Okay. And they pickle really nicely. You can also grill them really lightly first. Yeah. And then pickle them. They don't smokiness. keep nearly as long, but mm-hmm. it wilts them a little and it helps them get their structure broken down. Cool, cool. Oh my god. This little this little guy is just... How are you doing over there? <laughs> you liking this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very um, homey. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of how I like to do this. It's really but, fancy food and it's yeah. hoity-toity and there's tweezers involved, but like, I also want you to leave full one yeah you're doing that and <laughs> i want it to be food that someone's grandparents would recognize mm-hmm. especially with a and like climate beans and corn and mm-hmm. ramps and stuff like that you could serve this to anyone anyone's grandparents or anyone you wouldn't be like Ugh, this is... and this would be a great dinner because it tastes mm-hmm. down home but with such attention to detail in terms of the quality of the food i appreciate that and I love the little tiny plates and the fancy portions and stuff like that, but you have to have an entree that's going to leave you satisfied mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And what drives me crazy is you've just eaten 12 courses and you're going to McDonald's afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want that to happen to anyone. I don't want you to leave your house. No. Like, I want you to be so full and borderline drunk that you just <laughs> want to go yeah. take a nap. We got the guest room ready for Jen, so right. it's all good. I'm not going I've anyone. literally had clients change into pajamas. <laughs> that's why we started in saw elastic pants. We came uh-huh. prepared. I don't blame at all. And that's part of the beauty of this is that it's not a formal, ridiculous affair. You don't have to arrange a new outfit every time you want to mm-hmm. get together with yeah. your friends. When you're literally going to someone's home, mm-hmm. it's by nature more homey, right? So having, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, Abby. Yeah. This is probably more elevated than you guys would normally do on yeah. any other let's say, Yeah, I would say that. Wednesday night. I generally, you know, I normally don't smoke my duck breast mm-hmm. when I'm cooking on a Tuesday or Wednesday. That duck breast took about four days. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, I usually just do and a one-day duck breast, yeah. I mean, you said that it's it took that long, and that's the nuance that went into it. But it is so tender, and it is that perfect like medium. Like uh, people who shy away from they they're crazy. They're crazy, they're right? Crazy. Um, but the the skin is crispy. The smokiness comes through. The salt balance is perfect. Yeah. It's just, that's one of the best duck breasts I think I've had in well, a long time. Well, you know, I appreciate that. I love the duck breast, but I got to talk about the succotash a little more just yep. because. The other thing about this is that, you know, when people have kids who don't like their vegetables and stuff, it's because they don't have this yep. on a regular basis. 
Any kid would eat that. My fiance was a professed vegetable hater before we met, and oh. I got her eating all sorts of stuff. Oh like yeah, sucker! We've got her eating sushi and all of it. <laughs> so she's her palate has expanded a lot, and I take that as a personal win. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I really want the food to be accessible, and when I'm cooking for a big group, maybe 12, 15 people. I do my absolute best to accommodate as much as I can. Mm -hmm. So if I have a pescatarian, yeah, I can, I arrange the whole menu where this dish will work with beef or salmon, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But inevitably, when you go to a restaurant, everybody orders something different. There's specials, there's all this stuff. I don't have that luxury. I have to shop for, prepare, and bring every single component. I have to know exactly what goes on every plate. Can you just tell us, is there a story of like, when it went so wrong, like, do you have <laughs> do you have a disaster story? Uh, I have one disaster story. Oh, let's hear I it. have had exactly one bad client. I am nearing my fiftieth event. Um, this one was an absolute dumpster fire from start <laughs> to finish. So when I was working at the country club, like I said, I was trying to do this business on the mm-hmm. side, and there's two hundred houses full of rich people that are more than happy to have my services, but. There's an issue with that particular club where a lot of the houses are basically timeshares. So Mm -hmm. someone that's exceedingly wealthy owns it, they lease it to a management company, and then they bring in people for a week at a time in rentals. Revolving door. And I had been talking to this group for, God, I don't know, a couple of months. And originally it was supposed to be a guided mushroom forage. I was supposed to take them out, like, help them find stuff. We had a two-month drought. Like, there was nothing. And yeah. I told them that. I was like, I, I just have nothing to show you. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely nothing in the woods right now where, unless we get a torrent, like, we're not going to yeah. find anything. It's yeah. not worth going. And so they were upset. And I was dealing with the concierge of this timeshare company. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, can we do anything for them? And I'm like, I can do a mushroom tasting for them. Like, I've got 25 different species of things that I guarantee you they've never tried before. Yeah. And this was with literally six hours notice. I usually operate minimum two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so short. <laughs> yeah, and so I pulled together things I had around. So I had this has become bellies. a chopped challenge Ex- for you, that's right? exactly okay. what it was. Like, I had salmon bellies in the freezer, like, oh so, and a bunch of spruce syrup I had just made. So I did a salmon spruce tartare. Like, it was some really cool food, yeah. and every dish featured mushrooms. And featured a different mushroom and a different flavor profile and different textures. And... I did lion's mane and blue crab crab cakes, mm. um, the salmon belly, and then I had a shrimp dish that, for the life of me, I cannot remember what it was. We just blacked that part out. Yep. Pretty yep. much. But I put all of this food together in like four hours. Yeah. And normally this takes me days. Right. So I was just going, going, going. Yeah. And throw everything in the car, drive up there. It's a almost a two-hour ride. I get there, and... I'm literally unpacking my stuff. Like, I had just turned on the stove, and one of the people comes up, and she goes, so, did they tell you I have a shellfish allergy? (gasps) No. And I said, no, they did not. And then another person comes up to me, and she says, did they tell you I have a finfish allergy? What even is that? Any fish fish. with a fin? Yeah. (laughs) Not shellfish. are fine. It's the other All of the, so all seafood. Every dish that you've prepared. And then this, like, tall skinny string bean of a dude comes walking in and is like did they tell you i'm a vegan no (laughs) at that point i was like i literally cannot do anything order a pizza for you you three and the rest of us will taste well i tried i was literally across the street from my restaurant i tried 
everything to placate these people. I was like, I am more than happy to go get you a meat substitute. Like, everything had been prepared with butter and cream and yeah. duck fat and stuff. <laughs> and obviously, what am I going to do with shellfish allergies? Yeah, there's and nothing. Three fish courses. Exactly. <laughs> so anytime there's an allergy, too, it's like, you just want to be careful. Right, and I mm-hmm. plan for that stuff so far in advance. Yeah. Anytime someone says, hey, we have a nut allergy, I scrub it all down. Yeah. Like, the whole kitchen gets cleaned. I'm wearing gloves anytime right. I touch anything that might have come in contact with nuts like it's a very very controlled process but when they throw a wrench like that in there's just nothing you can do you think they would know you would think that they were some very out of touch people yeah and that's what that one boiled down to but that to date is the only really unsuccessful event i have ever done yeah now you did give us a spoiler alert on (laughs) what the most unique event uh, that you've been asked to cater right or cook for. Right here in Pleasant Midwood. <laughs> okay, okay, that makes that some tracks, sense. But tracks. tell us again for our dear listeners. Yeah, um, I had a couple of guys. I worked for this company called Take a Chef part of the time. Take that, a Chef, leave a chef, right? Yeah, like, so you have a penny, like leave a penny. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a headhunting company. They find me gigs and yeah. they take a fifth of my money. That's great. Um, yeah. But the very first gig I ever did for them was these guys. And... <laughs> I had just signed up for this platform. It's based out of Spain. It makes no sense at all when you first start. The <laughs> interface is terrible. I didn't think it was legit. So I get this request, and they send you a budget range. And it came in as like 250 to $300 a person, which is right in my wheelhouse. Cool. And I sent them a message, and... They had added in the little description blurb, they were like, so we have kind of a weird request. Um, We want this dinner to be vasectomy themed. (laughs) And obviously I was intrigued. Sure. So I sent him my phone number and I said, I think we need to talk about this one. (laughs) And so I'm on the phone with this guy and he says, yeah, so originally this was going to be six of us. It's down to two. Oh boy. Um, It's gotten intimate. We all live in the same neighborhood. We're all, like, really close guy friends, hang out, do poker nights and stuff. And coincidentally, there is a urologist that also lives in their neighborhood that specializes in vasectomies. And he said, we've all been standing around drinking while our children run amok for the last six years, (laughs) and our wives and us are just done with this. We're done. And so... Us guys sat down and cooked up this idea. Let's all go through it together if we're going to be going through it. And so they had an Airbnb for six of them lined up, and four of them failed with like two Babies. weeks' notice. What? That's, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's just a little snip snap. Just it's, a little snip. Just a little snip snip. Yeah. But their wives put them up in an Airbnb so they wouldn't have to hear them complain. That's hilarious. Oh That's amazing. They These brought, people like, might be my hero. Uh-huh. They're, they're pretty great. But they brought all their game systems and stuff. I walked yeah. in like... <laughs> They came and hobbled over the door to let me in, and one of them's sitting there with an ice pack on his phone. I'm completely serious. They were wearing sweatpants. There's, like, snacks all over the place, like goldfish that say no more little swimmers. Oh, my God. All the puns, every single one. And obviously they're, like, in pain. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Don't, don't get up. Stay put. I'll do my All right, thing. so you the important yours. question here, what was the menu? Yeah. I did a very tongue-in-cheek menu. Them, mm. as one sort of has to do if you're gonna make it a vasectomy theme. Yep. So, uh, 
I was going to do an oyster dish for the first course. And <laughs> little aphrodisiac to get exactly them started. <laughs> and originally I was thinking about doing mountain oysters. Oh boy. <laughs> I was kind of short on time. I didn't have time to get to the Asian market and actually find bull testicles yeah, right. and go through the process of cleaning and cooking <laughs> mm-hmm. them. But I was looking for oysters. I went to seven different stores in Charlotte and did not oh, find man. a single oyster oh my that was not frozen. Yikes. And we need Paul so, Manley on the case. I was going to say. Uh, y'all got an oyster guy? We so got an oyster guy. guy. Yeah. So it wound up becoming a tuna sashimi dish because that's all I could find. Mm. But it had every component on it. It was a traditional aphrodisiac ingredient. So nice. I had chili peppers. I had citrus. The sashimi. Passion fruit. Like yeah. all sorts of yeah. stuff. And that one is a, it's a little sashimi plate. And I still do it now. And I love it. It's delicious. Awesome. Um, I'm all. I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a. It's a similar deal with the gazpacho. Just a really light first course yeah. sort of run. And then I did a jerked off pork tender. Uh. <laughs> um. So it was a full on uh. jerk rub, like sous vide and yeah, full on jerk rub. Yeah, it was full on jerk rub. I'm not mature enough for this. No, 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 sorry. Uh, coconut rice, plantains. Coconut rice. Yeah. Um, it was, I did a, I grew up doing a lot of traveling to various places that are in need of dental care with my dad. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jamaica was when we went to a lot. So he had a clinic in Jamaica for over 30 years. And nice. so I, I know Jamaican and Caribbean food really, yeah. really well. Yeah. And so that's kind of a comfort zone for me. And Love I had that. to throw that one out yeah. there. And then I made them blue balls for dessert. <laughs> what even is a blue what is that? ball? Please go it on. It was a butterfly pea and blueberry cheesecake mousse. Oh, in yeah. Molds. Genius. Were there two per person? It was just like one. Like the half? Oh. But I filled them with a blueberry compote, and it didn't quite set on top. And so it, like, collapsed when it came out, and they had veins. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely horrifying. That's but awesome. so perfect. That's you know, when the occasion calls for it. Give me the veins. Yeah, <laughs> give them the veins. Give them the veins. <laughs> uh, well, I annihilated that yes, uh, main I course. Um, I, I came hungry. I, I loved it. I have a problem where I can't finish anything or I won't finish any other meal, but I, can't, I need to keep yeah, don't, this. Yeah, don't this take it away. This is for me, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Your t- this your is happening. Out. Yeah, that duck me. is... Uh, like Holy I said, shit. it's a labor of love. I mean, it's so good. I think the most important thing for me to take away from this is that I had confidence in our conversation, especially in knowing like your passion around going and finding and foraging food. But I mean, I completely trust you with any any mushroom food you're going to put in front of me at any point. I know I'm open to try it. Thank you know, you. and I want other people who are listening who ha- may have a food that you're hung up about. You know, have a conversation mm-hmm. with Chef Will and and get that opportunity to say I'm interested in trying a little bit because he might stretch your you know. Challenge yeah, you a little the bit. That gazpacho is my dish. I hate tomatoes. What? No. That is my huh? ingredient. That was one of your questions. Tomatoes are my ingredient. Tomatoes is the wow. ingredient that the you The raw tomato hate. is the absolute centerpiece of my own personal hell. There oh, is no, no worse food to me than the old southern standby of Wonder Bread. Tomato sandwich, tomato, I was going to say. Pepper. I can't. Because you grew up here. I, I just can't. Man. Like, I have two sisters. One of them is exactly the same as me and despises them. And the other one can eat them like a hand fruit. Yeah. So she would just be sitting there like gnawing on heirloom tomatoes and stuff, just carrying the salt shaker around. And the other two of us are staring at her like. Who are you? You're not from this family. One of my fiance's daughters, when she was super little, we were coming home from the grocery store and all the groceries were in the back with her. And she says randomly from her car seat, 
I'm done with this. And we were like, done with what? And we turned back and she had had one of the massive tomatoes and was just eating it like an apple. Oh, but no. she ate the outside of it and left like the gross inside. <laughs> like, you are a monster. You are done with this. Yeah, you are. Yeah, so it's just a, it's a specific kind of person mm. that you're either into it or you're not. But it's fascinating to me that you did such a great tomato-based dish with that disdain in your so heart. Are you one that, like, as you're going to taste it, you're like, ah, uh-huh. ah, get it in? Yeah. Well, everybody always says to me, like, you've just never had a fresh one. And I'm like, I, yes. I literally I've grown them. Yeah, <laughs> I do grow them. I grow them every year just... I think they're a beautiful plant, and it's out of respect to them as an ingredient, and sure. I use them when it calls for it. But I, <laughs> I did taste the gazpacho; it was yeah. a reach for me. But I actually found that one tasty. It was good. That's well, good. it wasn't. It was well balanced, I think, mm-hmm. with the watermelon, so it wasn't too overpowering on either one of those. It things. also has I'll, cucumber in it. Well, that, that the light, the lightness yeah. of cucumber, and then also, you know, that's one of the first gazpachos where I'm not immediately like, I've got heartburn. You oh, know? right, yeah. Like a lot of times, heavy tomato based. There's no bell pepper in. Yeah, oh, that nice. would probably help with that. Mild amounts of vinegar. Usually yeah. they're, it's oh. just like a weird pasta I'll sauce. Yeah. Chug vinegar. Yeah. Put vinegar in front of me and I will just, oh, I've got I a giant jug. Love it. I love cooked cooking with vinegar. I love, I love that you're pickling things. I love that you're, you know, using vinegar in creative ways because it's, it really transforms something. Oh, yeah. There's a pickled component on most dishes that I do. I love um, that. And that's part of like how I make my food work is that I'm, Get something when it's at its absolute best. And mm. depending on the pickle, you can hold it for a really long time. Yeah. Have you seen the Portlandia sketch? I've never watched that show. We can pickle that. To. All right, I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. Right. It is. That's the whole joke, is that mm-hmm. anything can be pickled. I, that's kind of how I live my life. We can pickle that. We might need to take you to Portland sometime. Maybe. Yeah. Because that, that show is scarily accurate. I, <laughs> really is. I actually went out weird. there a couple years ago and... The people I was staying with were like, have you ever seen Portlandia? And I said, I think I've watched one episode. And they were like, it's just, real. It, it's that. Yeah. It's, it really is. It's just it is. like Look the out the window. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's so awesome. Funny. Well, hey, oh main gosh. dish, slam dunk. Chef. Slam dunk. Well, Aww. let's do your birthday surprise. Let's birthday do birthday surprise! surprise! I think it's pretty clear that we're having a pretty good time. So good, in fact, that we're going to have to save the rest of this experience for another episode. So stay tuned for the second part of our wonderful in-home private dining experience with Chef Will Phillips of Chef Will Cooks. And don't forget to check out our Instagram to see photos and videos from this very dinner at amused.boosh.pod. Don't forget to like, rate, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're trying to grow our listenership, and we need your help to do that. And you can follow Chef Will on Instagram at ChefWill underscore Phillips and book a dinner on his website, ChefWillCooks.com. We'll see you next time on Amused Boosh. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com 